Um, so my name's Scotty. Uh, I have the pleasure of getting to lead this this church, this community, all of you, into the things that Jesus is calling us to do. One of the things we've not talked a lot about yet, um, we kind of straddle two worlds. So our church is a part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, and our church is also a part of the family of 24-7 prayer uh, as it moves around the world. Now, there are some things that these two agencies have in common, and, and one of them is in the title of one, and one of them is in the title of the other. So the Christian and Missionary Alliance cares about mission, um, and this church historically has cared deeply about the work of God around the world. Uh, sadly, during COVID, everything got shut down, and we've not been able to send teams and go places, so we've not talked a lot about the global peace that we're involved in as part of Arise Church, as part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. We're also part of this organization 24-7 prayer and their their thing is prayer that births movements of mission and justice. So we're not just in the prayer room praying because we want to sit in a room and pray. We're in the prayer room praying because we know that getting in the presence of God transforms us in a way that sends us out into the world to share the gospel and meet needs in tangible ways. So we care about mission. Um, and one of the exciting things this week is I've got my friend Poppy here. Poppy Williams is part of the leadership of 24-7 Prayer. She is a mission that has spent a good amount of time over in a little island uh, near Spain called Ibiza. Uh, and she's going to come and, and today she's going to share some of her story. You know, one way that we hear from God is that someone stands up here, they open the word of God and they expound the words that it says and they help us understand what it means and how to apply it to our lives. Another aspect of hearing the word of God is through the testimony of people that are doing their best to live the way that he's called them to live. So this morning, Poppy's going to take the time to share about the work she does in Ibiza, share some of the things God's been teaching her and moving her in. And I'm hoping this morning we'll feel challenged through some of the things that she shares. We'll feel encouraged by some of the things she shares. We'll feel inspired by some of the things that she shares. And if I'm honest, the deep cry of my heart is that there's some people in the room that are going to feel called by God through the things that she shares to go to the ends of the earth with the gospel. So let me bring Poppy up here. Uh, Give her a little round of applause. Uh, So thank uh, you. That was very nice. (laughs) Oh, I didn't say the nice thing. So that was just what you do. Um, What are some of my favorite things about Poppy? So Again, cult- culture of our church, right? We want to honor people, and part of honor is speaking nice things over them. So what are some of my favorite things about Poppy? This is off the cuff. I didn't think of this. Um, uh, so, so first of all, your, your depth in prayer. So Poppy is a woman of prayer, uh, and a lot of that, like, pop, if, if you do prayer calls with Poppy, quite often she'll leave lots of space for silence, and then out of Silas, lead us into prayer. So she, she's a woman who is mighty when it comes to being on her knees in the presence of God. Uh, I admire your creativity, um, which we'll talk about in a little minute. The things, oh, Carl's telling us to come forward and yes, get out sorry. of the darkness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> you line. are deep. And I think the other thing about you is your faithfulness. So I watch you in many different domains fix your eyes on something that Jesus is telling you you're supposed to do. And just watching you continue to press forward with all the obstacles that are in the way of you trying to do the things that you do. But you're a zealous in fixing your eyes on the goal and pursuing it. And that's inspiring. And I think we need more people like that in the world. So you're awesome. So 
Let me ask you a couple of questions. So first of all, uh, you're not in Ibiza. So give me the little brief, like two-minute version for everyone of why you're not currently in Ibiza. What happened that made you get stuck here? (laughs) (laughs) Why am I stuck here? Um, Hi, everybody. Um, So the two-minute version of that is that uh, for a lot of years, I'm going to fill you in more when I talk about uh, what I'm doing in Ibiza, but for a lot of years, I've felt like God is telling me to go and kind of plant myself in Ibiza and take part in the mission that's happening there. And I was able to do that. Uh, in 2018, I got a Spanish visa, raised some money, and I went to Ibiza, and then ended up having to come home just because of not having enough money, basically. Um, losing funding for some different reasons and um, ended up running out of money. And as, as, as time would have it, I flew back home um, at the end of February of 2020. Anybody know what happened back then? So, you know, I feel like God was having a little chuckle at me and also being really kind um, <laughs> to bring me back home to my family in the midst of. And, and so I've kind of been stuck here since then. <laughs> yeah. So she came home for a couple of weeks to do her furlough thing, get a little bit more money in the bank and then get stuck here since then, <laughs> uh, which is which is nasty. Um, you're not just a prayer person. You're not just a 24-7 prayer person. You're not just a missionary person. You're also an author. So uh, just for anyone in there that, out here that likes to read, like, what have you written? What's the series about? How many books are there? And uh, why should someone read it? Okay, I love this. Um, <laughs> um, so please don't think that I've written some deep spiritual. <laughs> um, I write fluffy fiction books that I love. Um, but um, grew up reading books. My mother is an avid reader. And anybody who had a mother who was an avid reader knows, right? My mother was like, yes, you can go out and play after you read this book for an hour. Um, and eventually she stopped having to ask me to read, and I read a lot. And after reading lots and lots of books, I just got to the place where one day it kind of, I just kind of thought, this book is awful. Like, I, if I could write a book, if this person could write a book, which is probably not the best place to start from. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I have written, I'm in the process of finishing, but I have written two books of a young adult thriller series um, that I have self-published. And yeah, I'm just continuing to write books that are fun and that I love. So book two is written, book three is in process, and it's a four book series. Yes. So look up Poppy Williams. We'll give you some of the information and you can get that book and read it. So let me, let me pray for Poppy uh, and then we'll let her share some of her story with us. So God, uh, thank you for Poppy. Thank you for the gift it is to be her friend uh, and co-laborer in the gospel. Thank the years of faithfulness. Thank you for her missionary heart. Uh, thank you for the uh, number of nights she spends covered in someone else's puke because she's loving them in the name of Jesus. Thank you uh, for the sacrifices that she makes and the uh, dissatisfaction she's lived in trying to get back to the place to which you've called her. So God, as she speaks, uh, may she speak as one speaking the very words of God. May you anoint her lips. Will you, d- you take the stories and the heart that she carries and would you penetrate deeply into our hearts that not a single person would leave this room today unchanged. So make us more like Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
Well, hello again, everybody. It's me. I'm still here. Um, <laughs> please forgive me if I've got my, um, my iPad up here, but I'm also recognizing that one of my sisters has decided now is the time she needs to speak to me. So um, if my iPad starts ringing, well, I'll just ignore that. <laughs> um, I am so excited to be here, um, not just because I'm going to get to talk to you all today about two of my favorite things. Um, one is, which is prayer and the other is missions, but also just because I've heard so much about all of you <laughs> from your pastor. <laughs> he talks about you guys a lot, um, just so you know, all good things, all good things. So it's so great to kind of finally be able to be like, oh yes, I know what you're talking about because I've been there or I've met those people. Um, so I'm really excited to, to be here and to meet all of you. Please come talk to me afterwards. Um, and if you know me, you would know that's not a statement I would often say, um, because I am the world's biggest introvert, and normally I'm going to go hide somewhere, but today is the day, so please come come chat to me afterwards. <laughs> um, I, w- I would love it. Um, but I'm really excited today to get to, to share um, just a bit of my mission story with you all, and to also share with you all what's happening in missions um, in Spain. Um, Really, you know, this whole journey for me started um, back in probably 2008 when I read um, Pete Gregg's book, Red Moon Rising. Anybody read that book? Um, Great book, right? And so I read this book. If you haven't read this book, uh, Pete Gregg's book, Red Moon Rising, is about um, the kind of the beginnings of the 24-7 prayer movement in Europe, about a group of people who thought, what would happen if we prayed for one week straight? And they did that, and then they just kept going. Um, and I remember at the time, I was already in this place where prayer was this thing that I, I was starting to feel really passionate about, but I didn't quite know what to do with that. <laughs> and I also, I think, felt a little kind of like, okay, nobody else is excited about prayer. I'm just going to sit here and be quiet. Um, and I read this book, and it was like, wow, there are other people in the world who are excited about prayer. And... Um, through reading Red Moon Rising, um, I started hearing a little bit about what 24-7 prayer was doing in missions on the island of Ibiza, or Ibiza, Ibiza, as we in America would, would say. <laughs> um, and I was intrigued, right? And I started hearing about what was happening in Ibiza, and I found myself kind of seeking out you know, updates of, oh, I wonder what's happening on that little island and all that. And um, eventually, you know, I finally, you know, felt that little nudge from God that was like, hey, maybe you should stop reading those blog posts and you should get on a plane and you should go and see that place for yourself. Um, and um, yeah, eventually that is what happened for me. Um, I think I want to just really quickly share a little bit with you, like give you a little context for what Ibiza is. Um, Ibiza is, um, like Scotty said, a, a small Spanish island in the Mediterranean. It's it's not very big, only about 200 and maybe 20 square miles in size. Uh, during the summer season, um, Ibiza gets inundated with millions and millions of people from all over the world. Um, and they come to Ibiza because it is considered the party capital of Europe. Um, Ibiza is home to some of the world's most famous nightclubs. Um, fun fact, the world's largest nightclub is actually on the island of Ibiza. It's called Privilege, and it holds over 10,000 people. 
Um, during the summer season, famous DJs and musicians from all over the world will come to the island and they will pack these nightclubs with just thousands and thousands of people every night. It is a wild and crazy kind of place. I think, you know, like if somebody said to me, describe Ibiza in one word, the word that comes to mind is excess. Um, Ibiza is a place where people come to just abandon themselves and to indulge in whatever comes their way. So the party is raging, you know, on the island during the summer. Um, there's a very large drug culture on the island of Ibiza. Um, there's a, st- a statistic that was reported by a, a newspaper in the UK a few years ago that said that there are 40,000 ecstasy tablets sold every night on the island of Ibiza in the summer season. 40,000 every night. Um, there are drugs everywhere in Ibiza. I mean, I, I know lots of drug dealers in Ibiza. Like, <laughs> um, so it's very common that wherever you're at, there's, there's somebody's going to offer you drugs. Um, there is, um, in Spain, the, the laws about prostitution kind of fall into a bit of a gray area, which means that technically prostitution is legal in Spain. So that means there are several brothels on the island of Ibiza, as well as a lot of prostitution that happens out on the streets. And so in Ibiza, there's a bit of, you know, something for everybody. If you're really rich and you come to Ibiza on a fancy yacht, there's a fancy hotel that costs thousands and thousands of dollars a night for you. But there's also sections of the island that are more kind of fit for the young and the budget traveler type of vibe. And so 24-7 has kind of made its home um, or its kind of main home in um, a town on the island um, called San Antonio. And in San Antonio, there is a section of town called the West End. And the West End is um, kind of like this. So so it's like this long main street with a bunch of little side streets that are attached to it. And in the West End, the only businesses that are there are bars, strip clubs, fast food restaurants, and tiny little nightclubs. Just one after the other, up and down these streets. And so the West End... Is, is kind of, has a bit of a notorious reputation. It's wild, it's loud, it's dirty, it's just, it's full of people. And it's a place where a lot of people come to, no, no matter where they're staying on the island or what they're planning to do that night, a lot of people come to the West End to kind of start their evenings. Um, they come, there's a lot of inexpensive alcohol present, um, and they come to indulge in that. Um, the little clubs and bars in the West End often will do drink deals that are just crazy ridiculous. So a couple of years ago, it was drink all you can drink in an hour for 20 euros, which of course people tried to drink all they could, you know, they wanted to get their money's worth. And so you can imagine how that went. Um, but that is, that's a bit of what the West End is, um, which is just a, a small part of, of Ibiza, basically. Um, in uh, Pete Gregg's book, Red Moon Rising, he tells this story as he's talking about Ibiza, about how he saw a newspaper article that somebody, uh, you know, in, in the British paper that had written a story about Ibiza. And in it, they called Ibiza a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah. And Pete saw that and was so moved by that, right? Because you hear that title, modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And it gives off this connotation that this is a place that is too far gone. There's no helping this place, right? We might as well just 
scratch it out and start again, basically. And in that moment, Pete says in the book that he just stopped and just prayed like, Lord, don't forget about Ibiza. Like, don't give up on Ibiza, Lord. And that was the start of this, maybe we should be sending people to, to Ibiza to pray and to see what God wants to do. Um, so really quickly, before I tell you a little bit about what's happening on the island of Ibiza, I thought it would be great to give you all a little bit of context, right? Because it's one thing to tell you about the West End. It's another thing for you to see it. And so I'm just going to show you, I just have this little two minute video that is just someone walking from the bottom of the West End towards the top. So you can kind of get an idea of what it looks like, um, on a night in the West End. So. a little a little crazy isn't it <laughs> um i really wanted you all to see that just so you can kind of get an idea of what i'm talking about what's what's happening in the west end um i'm really excited to say that 24/7 prayer has been in the west end now praying for more than 20 years and 20 years of prayer has had a huge impact um on the streets um so I, I really think the thing that drew me to Ibiza so much was just, just as your pastor was talking about, that, that combination. What does it look like for prayer and mission to work hand in hand together? You know, not only was it this group of people that was excited about praying, going into a place to pray because they believed that was going to have an impact, but they were also ready to um, put their hands to whatever it was that God led them to. And so over the years, the work has, has kind of formed and shaped into what it is today. So one of the major things that we do is we go out into the streets at night. And so from about 11, 11 11.30 at night until about 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning, um, we walk the streets of the West End. And so um, as we do that, we do that in combination with prayer. 
So when you go out into the West End at night, you go with a partner, and um, what will happen is that half of the pairs will stay in the prayer room and pray, while the other half heads out into the street for an hour. And so you do this rhythm of one hour in the prayer room, one hour in the streets, back and forth all night until it's time to go home and go to bed. (laughs) And um, we love looking at that in this language of it's like when you're in the prayer room, you spend that hour in prayer, you are breathing God in. And then when you head out into the streets, the goal is to breathe him out in in whatever way that happens. And when we're out on the streets, we, we just do, you know, <laughs> I feel like Abitha taught me what it means to be, to, to understand that I rely on the Holy Spirit to guide me, right? In every way. And so out on the streets, that's the goal is Holy Spirit, show us what you want us to do, right? Lead us into whatever conversation you want to lead us into. And so when we're out in the streets, we chat with people. Uh, we pray with people. We have these little prayer cards that we carry around. I mean, our goal is if we get into a conversation and, and somebody says yes to prayer, which they do all the time, um, that we want to be able to pray for them there. Some people are don't love that. And so they're like, give me the prayer card. I'll fill that out. Um, so we'll, we carry these prayer cards with us. Um, and then back in our prayer room, you know, we have a wall full of these cards that we pray over during the summer. Um, but every, every summer, it's like thousands of people say yes to prayer. I, in fact, I think in all the time that I've been going to Ibiza, I've, no one has ever said no to prayer. And so um, we get to pray with people a lot. Um, there's a picture of one of the Bibles that we have. Um, this is the newer version of it. So we've had these um, Bibles made that just say Jesus loves Ibiza on them. They're really colorful. They're like a, a Psalms, Proverbs, and New Testament in the message version. People love these, which I'm, okay, yes, let's do that. Let's love the word of God. <laughs> um, but I think it's just because they're really colorful and they say Jesus loves Ibiza and people are just like, this is amazing. I need a Bible. Okay, let me give you a Bible. <laughs> um, and so we get to give out Bibles as well in the streets is what we do. Um, one of the other things that we do as well is, um, I think often we find people have, um, maybe throughout the night gotten themselves into a little bit of trouble and maybe ended up in a kind of vulnerable state. Find somebody like that, then, um, we do our best to make sure they get someplace safe. So we have a van that we lovingly refer to as the vomit van. I will let you imagine why that is. <laughs> um, as Scotty was praying for me earlier, too, you were like, Poppy's covered in someone's vomit. I was like, oh, Lord, let me explain. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I could tell you some stories. But um, we do that. So if I find somebody, a girl, on her own. She's been drinking too much. Um, and she's kind of, you know, passed out on the side of a building somewhere. I'm going to sit with her until I can figure out where, what hotel you're staying at. Let us get you back to your hotel. Try to reconnect you with your friends. Or maybe even get you to the medical center if that needs to happen. Um, and so out on the streets, I think we're often just thinking, man, Lord, give us the opportunity to just care for people in whatever way. Whether that's practically, spiritually, emotionally. Often it is just sometimes the conversations of just people feeling like they can just let everything out. And and to me, that is what 20 years of prayer has done, is that conversations on the streets are so easy. 
And often I will step out of the prayer room because it's my hour out in the streets and I'm wearing my shirt that says 24-7 Ibiza. Someone will see me and say, you, (laughs) you're one of those people. I've heard about you guys. I need you to come over here and pray for me. Okay, (laughs) let's do that. (laughs) Um, And often as well, what happens is I feel like I've never... I've never experienced so many conversations that so easily kind of delve into someone really kind of bearing their heart and really kind of often, I, I mean, I can't even, so many times I'll be in conversation with somebody in the West End and they will say, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I haven't told anyone this. And to me, I think it's not because I'm great at conversations because I told y'all I don't talk to people. <laughs> I am an introvert. <laughs> um, but it's because of the spirit of God, really, Right. In my mind, I know it's the spirit of God that I carry that makes people feel safe enough to pour everything out. Often people come to Ibiza to run away from things, to hide, hide from the stuff that's happening back at home. And so it's just amazing to get the opportunity to just chat, to pray, to minister to people. Throughout the years, countless numbers of people have been saved in the streets of the West End. People have been healed in the streets of the West End. Um, people have um, just... Uh, you know, I don't know, just, I don't know, I've had some just in-depth conversations about faith um, out on the streets. Um, it's, it's a surreal experience to have someone ask you to pray for them, and I don't know, you look up and you realize you're just standing in front of a strip club, and you're like, okay, let's, let's, let's pray. <laughs> and it's amazing to see that God is present on the streets, that God has not given up on the West End. And, and on, on the island of Ibiza, God is present and he's at work um, on the streets, which is amazing. One of the, um, just really quickly, I'll talk a little bit about some of the other things we do. Um, during the day, we have a drop-in center. So we have a prayer room, right, in this office. And also, there's, it's like a larger space as well that we use as a drop-in center during the day. For years, that drop-in center was, uh, like, open for workers, we work really hard to build relationships within the local community, in the workers' community. Often it's a lot of young people who come to Ibiza, a lot of young Brits who come to Ibiza to work for the summer and party their lives away. Um, and so um, that center is open during the day, and for a lot of years it was for them. You know, we kind of just made it a comfortable space. Ten years ago, before people, everyone had phones, um, <laughs> we had the computers so people could come use the computers. It's like, I, it, I think the, de- the desire back then was how can we kind of help to fulfill some of their practical need, you know, and create a space for them to be invited in um, and um, create the space to really kind of continue to build relationship. Over the last couple of years, what's happened is that our center has kind of shifted focus, and now it is primarily a drop-in center for the homeless community in San Antonio. And so um, we have a food bank there. Um, Someone donated some money so we could put a washing machine in. People can come in. They can get their clothes washed for free. They can take a shower. Um, They can get some food. They can get a cup of coffee or tea and just sit chat. Um, Often they will ask for prayer as well, um, and we'll try to kind of connect them with other services that are available on the island. And so that center is open during the day, and that is something that is a year-round work that we do um, now. 
the summer season in Ibiza. Ibiza is one of those places where like it is open for the summer. And then if you go to Ibiza in the winter, so many businesses close. They're only open from April to October. And then they board up the windows and go on vacation. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's been good, I think, to, to have something that we can do throughout the year. Um, there's a couple of people that um, live in Ibiza full-time who work in, do prison work. Um, so unfortunately, like I, I mentioned, there's a large drug culture on the island and there's a lot of young people who come to work on the island who get mixed up in selling drugs and they get caught and they get put in prison in a foreign country and so um, there are a couple of um, the men that live in Ibiza full-time who work in the prisons were and just work ministering to people and helping to connect families and help families figure out what the process looks like um, as somebody goes through the prison system in Spain. Um, we also do have a section of our work that's called Oasis, and Oasis is a small group of uh, 24-7 prayer who, um, a small group of women who are focused on ministering to the women who work within the sex industry. And so um, it's been amazing over the years to see how God has really just given us such favor in that area and allowed us to you know, open door to go into some of the strip clubs in the West End um, to chat and pray with the women before they start working. And I love to tell the story of how there's one of the owners of one of the strip clubs in the West End. It's called The Sin. What a name. And um, he loves to have the, the ladies from 24-7 come in to talk to the women that work for him because he sees the difference. And so he will often chastise my friend Emma, who like leads this section of the work. He'll often chastise her if he feels like she's not coming in enough. And he'll be like, how come I haven't seen you? Where have you been? The girls miss you. Um, and he's like, you really need to come because I just, he's just like, I just feel like they're so much happier when you're there. And after, you know, after you leave, I just feel like they're in such a better place. Um, but again, it's like, it's amazing the openness that's, that's there, that's present there and how these women respond to, um, just, you know, prayer, but also just even the, you know, the, um, the offer of an ear to listen or, a, you know, a shoulder to cry on. Um, and so there's a lot of different things that are happening on, um, the island, um, like your pastor said, I don't know if I should quote Pastor Burns, like Pastor Burns said. Oh, thank God. Uh, Scotty said. <laughs> um, I came home at the beginning of 2020 with the need to raise some more money. And then COVID happened and then other things happened. I actually spent this summer in Ibiza and now I'm just desperately trying to get back there. <laughs> Um, I, um, I think, you know, so, so many years ago, I, I went to Ibiza my very first time in 2009 was my first kind of little mission trip I went on. And then I started going for the summers and then I went another summer and then I was like, oh, I'm going to keep going back to this place. And we keep going back and had that moment where I just feel like God so clearly spoke to me. And I remember at the time, I felt like it was, I had never felt so sure about something, never felt like God had spoken to me so clearly about something up to that point. 
like in my spiritual journey. Like I distinctly remember I was going to bed one night and I was, I was, you know, probably thinking about nonsense. And as I went to lay my head on the pillow, God just spoke to me so clearly and said, Poppy, this is what we're doing. And I remember sitting up in my bed, like, and just thinking like, what was that Lord? (laughs) Um, And so I've been in this place of just really trying to be obedient to that. You know, trying to, um, yeah, go into things that I feel like God is calling me to do. Um, Like Scotty said, you know, prayer is something that I am so passionate about. I mean, that's the thing that I feel like, you know, God created me for. (laughs) And um, I think I'm just reminded as I share even about my own Ibiza journey, how much my time in the prayer room in Ibiza taught me what it means to be an intercessor. What does it mean to pray for a place and for a people um, and, and persevere in that? And so my heart is to, yeah, to go back home, basically, to go back to the place that God's called me to. And so, um, yeah, I think before I end, I just really quickly wanted to read a few scriptures to you all. Um, I, um, I was thinking about, you know, <laughs> even the realization that, you know, when I read Red Moon Rising, I realized I'm not the only one who loves prayer. This is great. There are other people too. Don't we love that? Why is it that sometimes we think I'm the only one, Lord, <laughs> the only one dealing with this issue or I'm the only one. Um, but like just, as I think about my own season of waiting and what it feels like to wait for the thing that you feel like God has promised, for the thing that you feel like God has spoken, I just think I was reminded as I was praying about today that uh, for some of you, that is true. You know, some of you are waiting too. You're sitting in this place where you're holding on to the things that you feel like God has spoken to you, whether they're promises or whether it's even, man, I really feel like God wants me to do this thing, but I don't see how that happens. And let's be honest. I mean, sitting in that place of waiting is pretty awful. (laughs) It is no fun, zero fun. Um, And it's so, it's so interesting though. It's so, God is so good. But like even today, it's like, I've been super encouraged already. Worship person, who led worship today? Where, Ruben, you're amazing. And the song selection was on point, might I add, today. I was like, um, okay, Lord, speaking to me through these worship songs. I love it. <laughs> but, um, I just think like, I thought it would be great to share with you all some of the scriptures that have really encouraged me and kind of sustained me as I've been waiting. (laughs) Um, And as I've just been in that season of feeling like, okay, God, we got to get out of here because we got to go back to what we're supposed to be doing. And I feel, and, and it feels hard sometimes to continue to feel the urgency to do that, but not see the way to do that. And so um, these are some of the scriptures that have really just um, been great for me in the midst of that. One of the major ones is in Romans chapter 4, and I'm just going to read it to you. Um, Starting in verse 17, it says, Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. 
and believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was his wife, Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Verse 18 is the one that, that even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. And so I think if I can encourage any of you in any way, it is, it is to, to keep hoping. <laughs> I think one of the ways that I feel like I do that is by reminding myself who God is and reminding myself that God is faithful God keeps his promises, and I've seen him do that over and over again. And that as I remind myself of that, I'm reminded to keep putting my hope in him. Um, there's a really great, um, in Luke 137, in the, the Passion Translation, it says, Not one prophet is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. Love that. Not one promise from God is empty of power. I have this friend who always talks about, like, like says this phrase that, you know, God doesn't speak in, uh, like, useless words. You know, God, God doesn't, you know, like, f- use filler in conversation. Like, girl, I just said that because I was feeling good that day. Um, God says everything he means and love that, right? Psalm 33, starting in verse 20, says, we put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. So good. So funny that Scotty just took me into the prayer room like two minutes before the service started. And the verse that I saw on the wall, again, hello, church, encouraging me, uh, was Luke one forty five that said, Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And to him too, gentlemen. That's for you too, I guess. (laughs) Um, But we're trusting in the Lord, right? We're trusting that he's faithful and that he keeps his promises. And so I am raising money. Um, I think they've put out these little cardies that I've made. Oh my gosh. You could also come talk to me. But there's a little QR code on here that will take you to... um, Uh, where you can sign up for my newsletter if you're interested in hearing more. Um, I also have a blog that, oh my gosh, that's so 1998 right there. (laughs) Read my blog, people. (laughs) Um, But I've been writing this blog since my very first short-term missions trip that I went to Ibiza in 2009. So lots of stories on there about kind of amazing things that God has done out on the streets. Um, I'm also right now trying to raise the support that I need. Um, and so I am building what I'm calling the 50-50 club, which is a snazzy name that I came up with, um, because I basically need 50 people to commit to giving me $50 a month, um, and that will kind of raise the support that I need to go. That money, just to be super transparent, goes towards... Um, me being able to work full-time with 24-7 in Ibiza. Um, so that goes towards covering you know, fun things like food <laughs> and like a bed, you know, fun things like that. But it also goes to covering ministry expenses as well. Um, so much of what we do in Ibiza is relational ministry. Um, and so um, 
that money goes towards that as well. Just really quickly, I'll just, on that note, I will say that um, just a couple of years ago, we, at, uh, we got a letter in the mail um, at 24-7, and it was from someone who was just kind of like, hey, you know, I just wanted to write this letter to let you guys know what's happening in my life. And this person basically was like, I used to work in the West End, worked in the West End for a couple of years. And he said, the funny thing is I've never talked to any of you. (laughs) I've never had a conversation with any of you. But he was like, I knew who you were. And everybody in the West End knows about the Christians in the West End. And so he's like, and all I did was, he's like, I just watched you guys. And I just paid attention to what you were doing, skeptically at first, he admitted. But he was like, I just watched you. And... He was like, I worked in the West End for a couple of years, and then I came back to the UK, and someone invited me to church, and you came into my mind, and I thought, well, if Christian people are like that, then maybe I should go. And so, long story short, he goes to church. Basically, he's writing this letter now. He's like a pastor. <laughs> um, and it just was kind of amazing to me, like, all that God is doing in the West End, what, you know, in the things that he lets us join him in doing, whether that's having conversations or praying with somebody or leading someone to Christ. Um, but even in the places where it's just someone's watching, people are paying attention. And I think I just, you know, want to encourage you all that are waiting, but I also want to encourage you in, in the fact that as you pray for your city, um, as you continue to do that, as you continue to work to have impact in your city, um, you know, I've experienced that, t- what 20 years of prayer looks like. And so I just want to encourage y'all, keep praying. Um, it works. <laughs> and it has great impact. So thank you. Yeah, there's a couple of things I want to do uh, before we jump back into worship. So I want to, Renee, can you come up? I'd love to have you pray. Um, if you don't know Renee, Renee's on the national leadership team for 24-7 prayer, helps lead the prayer movement that happens in Portland. Um, but I'd like to take a moment and just pray for Poppy. So a simple way to participate is just reach out your hand to Warder as if you're shooting a superpower out your hand, the prayer power onto Poppy. And I'm going to have Renee uh, pray for her just now. Father, we just thank you for Poppy. We just thank you for the way that you've created her, for the way that you've made her, for the way that she thinks, for the way that um, she sees, for, uh, yeah, just the uniqueness of how she brings the joy of life um, into every environment that she walks into. And God, thank you that uh, she does uh, love you with all of her heart, with all of her mind, with all of her strength, with all of her soul, and that she carries the testimony of Jesus within her, that wherever she goes, there is the presence of your spirit that can be felt. Um, Thank you for the impact that she's had on so many lives. And Lord, we just ask that you would give her the desire of her heart, that you would make a way, even when there seems to be no way, to get back to Ibiza full time. Lord, we just recognize and agree that um, that this is the place where uh, she belongs and where you have called her. And so, uh, Lord, we just commit to praying for her to get back, to be able to do the work, and to, uh, yeah, just see the miracles that you will unfold. We pray. So here's what I want to do next. Um, 
at the tables, you're at, group up if you're at a table or if you're sitting in the chairs. Group up with a few people around you. And I, and I want you to do two things right now. The simple one, what is one thing from what Poppy just shared that challenged or encouraged or inspired you? And share that with the people next to you. And then take a little bit of time to pray. Because as she was sharing, you know, like, uh, God's not done with Ibiza. God's not done with Hillsborough. Um, and just as she, you look at the pictures, like Ibiza, for many people back at home, it's their hope. Like they spend all year looking forward to getting to this place where they can get high and drunk and sleep around as much as possible. Uh, there's a lot of abuses. There's, there, there's rape. There's all sorts of things happening over there. But the reality is the people are lonely and they're desperate and they feel worthless and they put all their hope in this. And we're surrounded by people in our country and in our city who are just like that. They're lonely and they're isolated and they feel worthless. And they're going to go this weekend to some of the clubs in town to find hope and find value and find worth. So let's take some time. So share the one thing that stood out to you and then take a little bit of time to pray together for the people in Ibiza and the people in our own city who are in those situations. And let's ask God to move.